deep in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fishing Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, back with another podcast. So excited to be back in front of this microphone, man. I just get fired up every time I turn this computer on and start recording this show. Absolutely love it. Thank you guys so much for watching, reading, and listening. Thank you guys for subscribing to the podcast and telling a friend. It is free. You get a new show every two weeks, and this is just an awesome way to share content with you. One of my favorite ways to create content is the audio platform because you can listen to it anywhere and uh, engage with it however you'd like, and I just really appreciate you guys tuning in and checking out this show. So if you've not listened to the podcast before, we give a new show out every two weeks, typically on Thursdays. Sometimes we give a bonus show as we did in the last podcast for the uh, Texas our Houston fishing show that we were at and a lot of fun times there for sure. You can download this podcast on all kinds of different platforms such as uh, iTunes. I talked to a lot of you guys at the Houston fishing show about iTunes and um, you know how you can download this on your iPhone or Android through Stitcher or there's just a wide variety of places. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Alexa, believe it or not. Uh, Just ask Alexa for the latest episode of the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Um, Google Home. I just found this out because we have both an Alexa and a Google Home in my house. And uh, you can find it on that too. Play the latest episode of the Best of the Outdoors podcast. You can find it that way as well. So uh, all over the place, just having so much fun doing this show, guys. And I just really, really enjoy uh, sharing this with you guys. This is... uh, uh, fishing show this this week uh, two shows ago we had a hunting show and then we had a fishing show I try to do every other show a hunting or a fishing show kind of alternate and keep things fresh we're entering at the end of this week that I'm releasing this podcast and I'm releasing it a little bit later this time when I normally do just been really busy lately uh, we normally uh, release these uh, on Thursdays and the end of uh, this week is uh, turkey season when this podcast releases in our zone of the north zone here where I live in central Texas and uh, got a lot of luck for you guys I ran into a rattlesnake last year while I was turkey hunting I've got a place this year that I'm going to try to go and and uh, see if I can't bag me one. And I just uh, hope if you're going out in the turkey woods, turkey woods, watch for those rattlesnakes, man. They will pop up all over the place. And I uh, darn near got bit by one last year so while I was turkey hunting. But uh, turns out turkey loads work pretty well for shot. For, uh, shotgun loads for turkey work pretty well on snakes. So that's just kind of something I found out. There wasn't much of that snake left after uh, after we took care of it. So anyway, uh, but I wish you guys the best. Just finished today. This is Sunday night when I'm recording this. Just finished the fun shoot with Hill Country Bowhunters, and man, was that a blast. We had a silent auction. It did really well. Uh, We had raffles. We had um, uh, uh, archery golf. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but there's a thing that you can get. It's a game that you can get where you basically shoot an arrow with a golf ball on the end. And it basically um, travels across the, uh, the the plane, if you will, and um, has a, uh, a trajectory to it, a little bit different than your normal arrow, and you basically just shoot for a score. It's pretty cool. Uh, 3D archery, if you guys are bow hunters and not into 3D archery, it is so much fun. It is like playing golf around your bow. Uh, you shoot for a score. It's just a lot of fun. There's a 30 target course set up in the woods with all kinds of different shot scenarios and everything like that. And the fun shoot had a lot of challenges. It's kind of a deceptive course this year uh, that I heard a lot of people say that they lost a few arrows on uh, in, in here and there. Uh, one of the better shooters we have lost three arrows uh, on, the, on the course this year. So anyway, it was a good, sh- good shoot. And I won my son at the silent auction. Only thing I won at silent auction this year. 
was a hog dog hunt. And I'll talk more about that when he goes. My son Jackson's nine years old. The guy that is going to be guiding this hunt specializes in women and children for hog dog hunts uh, with a knife. And um, I'm really excited. I've got a bunch of Bowie knives. I used to hog dog hunt a lot back, uh, I guess, 10, 12 years ago. Um, and then I kind of got out of it and just life happened and, and just got busy and everything like that. But I'm really looking forward to going back and getting Jackson his first hog with a knife um, and some dogs and uh, really have him understand the outdoors the way that it works in hog hunting, which he's seen videos, but it's kind of cool being there in the adrenaline um, packed, you know, wilderness as it were when there's dogs and all kinds of crazy stuff going on around you. Uh, it's pretty, pretty heart thumping for sure. So anyway, excited about that. But uh, so far this week, we've got a new podcast up about Derek York, who is a Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, staff. Uh, he's one of the, I believe, fisheries biologists, if I'm not mistaken. He'll say so in the podcast. But since I've recorded this before I'm recording this, I don't remember right off the top of my head. But that that uh, he definitely has worked for the state for many, many years and uh, does a great job. He also guides fishing trips in uh, Galveston area and um really have a good time talking about this stuff main subject of this show is the texas brigades and more specifically the coastal brigades of the texas brigades and um they just have a lot of different programs and stuff texas parks and wildlife as well as texas brigades that's supported in part by some of the texas parks and wildlife initiatives and uh, just really great stuff i mean we talk about conservation which is one of my favorite subjects i wasn't really big on conservation before i met chester moore with our magazine and um he really got me on the bandwagon as far as preserving the future and and the texas brigade's uh slogan is conserving a resource preserving a tradition and that's something if you listen to the show at all you know that i'm very passionate about getting our kids in the outdoors and getting away from video games and cell phones and stuff and my son still you know is watches video or plays video games and watches a cell phone watches youtube a lot but um i try to get him out in the outdoors as much as i possibly can on fishing and hunting trips um this is a program that basically helps kids that are about 13 to 17 years old if i'm not mistaken um get involved in uh in in the biology of uh of the texas outdoors as well as the um conservation and the um initiatives and those kind of things why we do different things and kind of make them kind of stewards and leaders of the land uh for the future and i am just so fired up about this guys i mean this is i've been wanting to do this podcast with derek for uh, well over a year now and i uh, finally got the chance to uh, or he was available and i was available to knock it out and he's a great interview guys i mean this is just a lot of fun so before i get to that we got to talk about sponsor and uh pay for this show a little bit <laughs> pay some bills as they say um our sponsor this week is AccuSharp, and they were a sponsor last week as well before the houston fishing show which we didn't have a sponsor for that one so anyway uh three shows this month you get you don't need expensive knives to cut like a pro. Your knives just need the AccuSharp. It has been tested and reviewed by highly credited magazines, and AccuSharp comes out on top every time. Buy one now at your nearest hardware store and test it for yourself. You will not be disappointed. Order online or buy one at Academy Sports and Outdoors. You can find out more information at AccuSharp.com. That's AccuSharp.com, A-C-C-U-S-H-A-R-P.com. Uh, love my AccuSharps, guys. And I've got several different sharpeners from several different companies. Some are even unbranded, knockoffs and stuff like that. But the AccuSharp that my dad gave me first time when I was uh, getting into hunting and fishing pretty seriously in my early 20s, I still have it. I, I, I've not done any replacements to it. I've used the crud out of it. It's just, it's still, it's just tough. 
and I've dropped it. I've kicked it. I I don't know how many you know bad things it has been through. And my my follies in the outdoors sometimes. You know, as hard as we try, sometimes things get banged around. Uh, it's still kicking. You know, it's still kicking. It's it still does as good of a job as it did the day I got it on on um on uh you know on sharpening my knives so great for fillet knives great for hunting knives great for all kinds of different things also new thing that they have coming out this year is a game processing kit has uh your your several different not a couple of a few different knives i should say a sharpener place for your zip ties um you know rib spreader all kinds of different stuff like that uh but anyway academy sports and outdoors carries a wide variety of accusharp products if not you can find out more on their website at accusharp.com that's accusharp.com thank you accusharp we love you guys thank you guys so much for supporting our show and uh, our facebook page and our digital properties and our print magazine it means the world to us that you guys uh, support us so that uh, is a great partner to have. So thank you guys at AccuSharp. All right, uh, Texas Brigades, getting into our podcast. Excited about this. I've got Derek's information in the show notes. I'll talk about that a little bit after the show as well. Um, but here we go with our interview with Mr. Derek York from Texas Parks and Wildlife and Texas Brigades. Here we go. Joining me on the phone, Mr. Derek York from Texas Parks and Wildlife and Coastal Brigades. How you doing this morning, Derek? Man, I'm doing good, Dustin. How are you? Oh, man, better than I deserve is my normal answer because it's a statement of grace and we're all just happy to be alive, you know? I mean, some, deal, day, sure. some days that's, that's you got everything to be grateful for. Some days you got to find things to be grateful for. But, you know, it's all about it's all about perspective, I think. So, yep. But uh, so what have you been up to lately? I know you work for TPWD. Um, talk a little bit about that and then we'll get into Coastal Brigades. Yeah, man. So, yeah, it's been a busy week for us. Um, I've been with Parks and Wildlife with the Coastal Fisheries Division down here in Galveston Bay for the last 15 years. Wow. And um, I'm the head fisheries technician for the office. And, um, you know, we're in charge of basically monitoring the the populations of the fish, the crabs, the shrimp, and, and all the stuff that lives here in our ecosystem. And, uh, you know, through our monthly monitoring program, which has been going on for close to 50 years now and um we're getting ready to come up on our spring gillnet season um where we're going to be targeting adult fin fish and uh, trying to see how the the big fish are doing and um things are looking pretty good it's shaping up to be a really good this year this year so um you know just the last couple of weeks i've been seeing posts some guys catching some really nice trout you know and then we just had the the trout regulations approved, I think, on Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday yep. um, this week. So it's going to go to five fish statewide now. So which, you know, is a is a hot topic for sure. But um, that's what's happened now, and uh, you know, I think in the long run, it'll be a good thing for everybody. So what's the reasoning on that, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, I'm not getting into policy. I'm just I'm just asking. You know, what the yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the biggest thing. You know, we we scoped it a few years ago probably four or five years ago and the public opinion was was definitely um you know on the side against it at the time right and we've had we've had a lot of a lot of public comments come in you know to headquarters and the commissioners and the you know with all the rainfall and the you know people catching a lot of trout in the last two to three years, you know, due to that pulling of the fish, you know, cause of salt water and, right. and um, there's been a lot of environmental things, you know, kind of out of our control and, and, um, and stuff and public opinions kind of swayed in my in personal opinion, um, you know, to, to push for the five fish, but you know, there's, there's pros and cons to every side of every subject, you know, but, um, commission, uh, 
moved Parks and Wildlife to scope it again. And um, this time, you know, the public wanted the five fish, and, and that's what happened on this week at the meeting. So. Okay, cool. I was just curious because that's yeah. going to be the week before or the week the week before this podcast airs. So that was that was a big the big uh, meeting that they had about the uh, the gar rules that we talked about in a previous yeah, podcast yeah. Uh, was another thing. But you know, uh, some of this is controversial and everything like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think all of it. And I'm not under comment about the gar deal, but. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of the things, the rules that come down are, are based around conservation. Am I correct? I mean, is that, that's what I like. To Absolutely. Think okay. Yeah. 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 So, but you know, we do, you know, believe it or not, listen to the public and, uh, okay. you know, I deal with the public on a daily basis. You know, we're pretty much on the front lines of, of dealing with our constituents. And, um, I really enjoy getting to talk to people about that and sure. learning different perspectives, things I never even thought of, you know, yeah. from a non-biological standpoint. So, um, it's cool getting, you know, to be down here on the ground and, and uh, interacting with so many different people, you know, guides, recreational fishermen, people who live here on the bay and people who come down once a year, you know, and, uh, so it's kind of a, it's a very cool job. It's really um, what I wanted to do coming out of college, and uh, it's basically my dream job. So cool, that's fantastic. But, yeah, you, so. you you also told me I don't know if we can talk about this, but you also guide, do you not? Yeah, I do a little bit on the side. So started that up about four years ago. Cool. Um, you know, we get we get quite a few days off. You know, at work since sure. we work a lot of weekends and stuff. So that affords me a little bit of time to Good. help pay for daycare and stuff like that so <laughs> two little kids so but uh yeah hopefully eventually once i retire we'll be going into that full time so. okay cool good deal so what is your thoughts about being a guide on the on galveston bay is that what you said right is your area yeah uh is yeah. that is that where you guide for the most part then yep 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 pretty okay. much okay how, um, how is that i mean how is that going is is it is is the guide business still strong i mean i'm just kind of curious because i work with a lot of guides that's the reason why i ask yeah, there's a lot of guides down here, um, okay. and there's, in my opinion, there's really no shortage for for uh, people wanting to go fishing. So, and it's only going to get better from that aspect. Yeah, you know, you definitely have your slow seasons. You know, during hunting season, it pretty much shuts down. I mean, there's a few guys that are really going after targeting big trout and stuff in the wintertime, of course. But um, you know, starting spring break, you know, through October, November, you sure. know, is really busy. So a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of corporate clients and things like that. A lot of tournaments now these days, sure. there's good gosh, there's, you know, three to five tournaments. It seems like every weekend, um, during the main part of the year. So there's a lot of people on the water. Um, you know, and guiding is kind of like, you know, with, with, with my state job, you know, I get to meet so many people and, uh, that's been the coolest thing about it is, uh, and I've had people from all kinds of places you know outside the u.s all over the united states um so it's really cool getting to meet so many different people coming from from everywhere and and, um you know some people come in with uh no expectations and those are usually the best trips you can have and uh (laughs) you you got some guys that come in all they want to catch is a 25 plus inch trout and uh some days it happens and some days it doesn't. Right, so, right. but we always have a good time. So that's that's my favorite thing I talk about. I just want everybody to go out, and enjoy themselves, and uh, make some memories and um, try to take a kid fishing whenever we can. Well, and the two things I want to talk about here about guiding is, is real quick is have the right expectations. It's not all about the biggest, the baddest, and the and the best. 
Uh, but just right expectations. I talked about that somewhat on the last podcast that I did before the bonus podcast, the Houston Fishing Show. And then uh, also the other thing is, is if, if you don't have time, like a guy like me that's really busy in media and everything else that I do and building websites and stuff like that, um, I will hire a guide versus going and buying a boat. And it just seems Absolutely. more economical to do that. I don't know what you think, but I mean, you get to go different places. You you don't have to, you know. And I'm not I'm not pro or con owning a boat, but I'm just saying that if you're just going to go fishing several times a year and not every single weekend, it, it's almost more economical to hire a guy like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the way I look at it, and what you know, try to convey to a lot of people. And um, um, you know, I was never really big on on you know, I fished a lot ever since I was a little kid, you know, and I never fished with a guide until I was probably 16, 17 years old. Right. Um, I got to go up, down to Lake Fork at the time I was living in Oklahoma and, oh, cool. uh, uh, you know, and, and he was set on fishing beds the whole day, you know, and we weren't, we weren't finding any fish, you know, and so man, I tied on a Carolina rig and was like, Hey, can we try it here? And he never even slowed down, but I threw out anyway, you know, I caught like a six pounder doing <laughs> what I thought might work, you know, against what he was. He never slowed down to even, you know, help me with that fish. And that really, you know, it's just like, <clears throat> you know, we're paying for the trip. You know, you should listen to your customers a little bit, you know, right. You know what, what they want to do and things like that. And, um, I think finally, you know, I know a couple of people here in Texas I love fishing with at least once or twice a year, you know, uh, Michael Littlejohn and his wife Terry up on Lake Tawakini right. is, is one of them. I and, saw a uh, video I, from them on Facebook this week. Oh, man. Fact. They, yeah. killed, they they caught that big old 67-pound um, uh, catfish, yeah. new junior Lake yeah. record. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, that was on uh, Noel's boat, and uh, yeah. he just caught a – the big state record channel cat, I think that's um, pending. And then the, the youth state record yep. this, this week. So yeah, this last week, week, yeah, so, I saw that. I, it's uh, funny you mentioned that because I just saw that on Facebook and I'd never heard of those guys before. I, I work with a guy yeah. on Lake Tawakini every once in a while and they, they weren't the ones that I work with. But I mean, that's just kind of cool to see a kid barely hold a fish that big, almost yeah. as big as he is. You know Yeah, I mean? so, yeah we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get together and go up there and fish with them sometime. So cool. that'd be yeah, fun. That so. would be fun. You know, and, and um, it's just, this is one of those things, you know, you know, I want, I, I get a lot of people from, from other guides too, that come on and say, man, it's like, it just wasn't that much fun, you know, and it's uh, not much interaction. The guides are just concentrated on catching fish. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's not, like you said earlier, that's not the whole point. You want to get out and have fun. It's your time to get away from work and, right. and hustle and bustle and uh, enjoy the outdoors. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you take your kids fishing and, um, I, I mean, that's my favorite thing to do is to take kids and, and families out, um, do a lot of fishing out at the jetties during the summer, you know, cause it's pretty much nonstop and catch something all the time. And then, uh, um, so just like staying busy and uh, making people happy. Yeah, so. no, that's it's about the overall experience that I think most people need to be after when it looks when you look at hiring a guide for anything like that. And I didn't mean to get off in the weeds on that. I just kind of thought that that would be that's something I wanted yeah. to bring up because I just had an experience here recently with a guide <clears> that. 
uh, I'll talk about um, that uh, is really good with my son. I mean, really good with my son uh, as far as making sure he feels the bite, catches the fish, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, my father-in-law and I uh, are both experienced fishermen, and even us, it was kind of a challenge to catch some catfish this past week. But it was uh, it was just a blast watching him and Jackson have fun. You know, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. Yeah. just just a, a guide and his uh, and his uh, kiddo on the boat, and uh, you know, uh, the one that he kind of you know channels toward you know having a good time having a good experience with one of those formidable fishing experiences so anyway Mm -hmm. but yeah sure um so so tell us about your um your uh duties with texas parks and wildlife the the things that you do with um with with the fisheries is basically all based around making sure there's enough fish for our future correct as far as conservation goes so so we, we we're the the monitor of the bay and the way we do that is we do it with a, an independent study and a dependent study okay. and our dependent study um most people are familiar with this side and that's when we're doing our harvest surveys at all the boat ramps around oh, okay. the bay up and down the coast and that is an invaluable tool for us to get data from the public on um you know, seeing all the species that are being caught and brought and taken home. Um, we, we measure the links on a certain number of them of each species, not just your game fish, but everything you bring back, we're going to measure, um, get six measurements off of. We look at how long you're out um, what kind of baits you're using and things like that. And, um, we get a lot of, you know, public comments at those, you know, which is good for us. Um, but that's our, that's our dependent um, data that we collect. And our independent data is the stuff that we go out ourselves and get on the boats. And we do that with different gears. Um, we utilize bag scenes, which we, you know, we're collecting smaller stuff along the shorelines, oyster dredges um, to monitor the oyster reefs. And then we do bay trawls in the bay. We do a certain number of each of these every month. And um, that's trawls going to catch pretty much anything that's out there on the bottom. And then we also do the Gulf trawls um, where I'm the captain of our uh, big offshore research boat, the San Jacinto. We go out in the Gulf twice a month and pull eight eight trawls each half. And um, I was just out Wednesday this week um, getting those and catching lots of shrimp right now. Wow. Lots lots of big whites out there right now um, within three or four miles of the beachfront and um, but everything we inventory everything everything gets identified to species um, get a length on it and then get it back in the water so we do that every month of the year um, regardless of the weather which this has probably been the worst winter or spring I've seen in 15 years I've been here uh, it's been crazy out there it's been it, ridiculous man. yeah it's been ridiculous we uh we've had a tough month in March and uh, we didn't have really a single day for us to get offshore the first two weeks and uh um, but um we got out Wednesday and got our samples and um um, but we do that and then um, of course we have our spring and our fall gillnet seasons and those run for 10 weeks um starting we start up here in a couple weeks in april um and we'll go through the first of june and we start back up in september run through the week before thanksgiving and just so everybody knows that's listening our gillnets are clearly marked with large orange buoys and we don't set these things until right before dark and then we're back there at daylight to pick them up oh, to cool. reduce our chances of the nets getting run over and to access the fish that are really sure. uh, utilizing the shoreline feeding at night so um and keeps our keeps our time down that the fish are in the nets so but we catch 
catch a lot of cool stuff in those. Um, and believe it or not, you know, we've seen a pretty big jump in numbers in Snook in Galveston Bay and um, in Tarpon. So we've hmm. we've actually to most people. Uh, some people know there's snook up here. I know several people that are that are catching them on a consistent basis. But um, especially down at Christmas Bay, Chocolate Bay, all the 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 smaller bays down on the west end of Galveston, right? Really got a pretty good snook population. Um, but you know their bite's a little different than than trout. It's more like bass fishing for those things. And um, we've caught some fish. You know pushing 30 inches down there um but they have made i've heard reports last year people catch them all the way up to the fred hartman bridge in baytown so wow you know they're uh and they're not they haven't left with the winners so i mean i know some people have caught some this year already so huh. yeah chester and i talked about so, that on one of our podcasts about uh tarpon and snook both being mm-hmm. fish that you can find in in the gulf of mexico pretty you don't have to go to Florida to get a good, yeah. you know. I mean, they're obviously Florida is well known for that, yeah. but I mean, it's not something that you have to have to have to go, you know, to 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 realize because we have a population of them. It's just not a humongous population that everybody knows Texas for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Down so south, they're know. pretty prevalent, you know. Yeah. But um, um, up here on the upper coast, you know, they're they're here. They're not. Um, and the numbers trout and redfish right, are by, right. by far, yeah, but sure. they're definitely catchable. So, I just and that's that, pretty pretty cool. So, I just think that's cool. I mean, that's that's just Texas has really got it all. And I mean, you yeah. know, for people to listen to the outside of the state, I mean, you know, we, we, our fishery is really really one of the big draws. To saltwater alone. I mean, there we have Texas Saltwater Magazine that just does nothing but, um, you know, saltwater coverage on the Texas coast mm-hmm. and uh, offshore and inshore and stuff like that. But, you know, our magazine covers freshwater and saltwater and hunting, and, and it's kind of a, a, a mixture of all three because in conservation, wildlife, and that kind of stuff too because uh, there's just a, such a diverse culture here that hunts and fishes, especially the fishes. Um, it's just it's yeah. hard to beat, you know, any place else in the world, yep. I think, so... Yep, and uh, sometimes we get freshwater fish down here, you know, and uh, we'll get white bass and occasionally striped bass. We get tons of gar. There's so many gar in the bay down here. It's unreal. Alligator gar. Alligator gar? gar? Oh, uh, cool. That's really cool. And, um, yeah, pretty much the whole bay, you know, has alligator gar in it. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of other – we've caught some largemouth and things like that when the salinity is low. So sometimes you never know. And what you're going to catch down here. So that's really cool, dude. That's really, really cool. Um, so talk a little bit about coastal brigades, um, for me, because that's one of the other projects that you're involved in. And everybody knows me from this podcast. I'm part of camp agape, bereaving camp for kids. I'm part of crosswater outfitters, fishing ministry for soldiers and international students. I'm part of hill country bow hunters, Lone Star, Lone Star, uh, bow hunters association. I mean, I, I do a lot of stuff, but a lot of mine's local here in the Texas area. And just give us a little background about, coastal brigades how that all got started here in texas and what 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 it's all about yeah um so coastal brigade is actually part of the texas brigades program right and about 27 years ago dr dale rollins who works for texas agrilife up in coleman county um one of the leading quail experts in the country um started the first camp and it was the rolling plains bobwhite brigade and um and kind of the initial thought behind this was you know he was thinking we really need to empower today's youth at the time in 1993 to 
to kind of come up behind us and replace us, you know, after, you know, we move on as far as conservation leaders go. And so, you know, they wanted to make conservation leaders in every community. So they started with the first camp and I don't remember how many kids they had, 25, 24 to 30. Um, and, um, it just kind of exploded from there. And, uh, started adding additional camps. Um, right now we're sitting at, at about eight different programs within Texas brigades. As far as the summer camps go, we've got rolling plains, Bob white, South Texas, Bob white, North and South Texas, buckskin brigade, focusing on white tailed deer. We've got the bass brigade, um, ranch brigade, waterfowl brigade and coastal brigade. So how cool it's really exploded. And, um, you know, and, and the, the camps are, they're, they're five days long and they're in, in tents. They're, you know, we, we basically call them intensive leadership development camps focused on conservation. And, uh, that's really what it is. Um, they're, they're really a, a, a life changing event for a lot of these kids. You know, a lot of these kids have never been away from home. These kids are anywhere between 13 and 17 years old that applied to come. And um, it's, some of them, it's their first time away from home. So, you know, it can really be a an eye-opener for them and uh, surrounded by kids from all across the state of Texas. And these kids are the cream of the crop, man. They want to learn, and that's the mm. coolest thing about it. So, um, you know, in, in the the program wouldn't succeed without our, the volunteers. I mean, we all volunteer ran. Um, we have our headquarters in San Antonio um, with our executive director and program director, but all the camps are ran completely by volunteers, um, including myself and my wife. Um, and when we got started, we got asked back in 2009, I think, to start helping with the Bass Brigade which is held up at the Warren Ranch in Santa Ana, Texas, if anybody knows where that's at. Yeah, I don't know where the Warren Ranch is, but I've got a, I've got yeah. a client that works in uh, Santa Ana on my side business, and uh, yeah. and it's a cool cool area, man. But you're kind yeah. of in the middle of nowhere, but it's kind of cool yep, still. Pretty much. <laughs> Brownwood and, uh, area. And know. that's where a lot of these camps are. They're, they're private hunting lodges out, you know, out in central north and south Texas. And, um, and we started there in – and uh 2010 was our first summer camp there with bass brigade and we start started out as instructors and i mean from the minute we got involved we knew it was something special and something we you know we're going to be passionate about i had no idea at the time that we'd be where we are today you know this far down the road um, with our own camp that we started and um but you know you see the kids they come in on day one and we're throwing stuff at them left and right. Our schedule is, it's, it's pretty crazy. We, it, it's cram packed full of, of everything you can think of dealing with conservation, fisheries and wildlife management, land management, land stewardship, conservation, habitat restoration projects. Um, but the biggest thing out of all these camps to me is the public speaking aspect of it right. and the team, team building and leadership skills that the kids learn and uh you know when i was younger i hated getting up and, and talking in front of people i mean i was you know for a lot of kids and even today you know sometimes don't want to get up but we really push these kids to do that through a lot of um exciting and fun uh projects during the week you know it's very competitive the kids are, are in different 
groups throughout the week. Um, they come in, they're assigned their team or their school or covey, and um, and there's usually five to six cadets within each one. And so they're competing all week for top school, for different prizes and things like that. So um, it really motivates the kids to be really involved and, and help their teammates out. Um, we do public speaking competitions at camp with uh, like PowerPoint presentations and things like that. Um, all the cadets, when they get there on day one, are given a book with uh, their journal and it has their quote and they call them different things at the different camps but um you know they're called silver bullets or gold hooks or something like that and it's an inspirational quote and they're required to to memorize that and really give their interpretation of it so each one is required throughout the week to stand up tell us their quote tell us what it means and um, really kind of helps them get a different outlook on life and, and, and what they're doing at camp. So um, that's just one of the things that, that we make them do. Um, another cool thing that all the camps do are a, a mock stakeholder meeting, which, you know, you've been to these public hearings at the Parks and Wildlife Commission and things like that. And uh, this is probably one of the kids' favorite things to do is uh, we assign each of the schools a vantage point. So take, for instance, I think last year we did – um, I think we did a potential trout regulations or flounder. I can't remember. Um, so we would assign one group, the recreational anglers, one group was CCA, one group was commercial fishermen and so on. And they had to come up with their stance on the issues and, and present it to our mock commissioners. And it, it's a timed event, just like it is at the real public hearings. And uh, it's pretty cool. Some of these kids really get into it. They get dressed up and, you know, <laughs> waiters and fishing them and make signs and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, it. It's a it's a pretty cool thing to watch and, uh, you know, kind of see see what, what their ideas are on the issues. And it uh, really gives them, a, you know, a vantage point to understand what really goes on, you know, with the government, you know, as far as making regulation changes and things like that. So, can I just say but, that I think it's cool they call them coveys instead of groups? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> for sure. So. I thought that's kind of neat because that's where it all started was with, you know, yep. quail, you know, yep. as, as, a, as a thing there. But how cool. I mean, this is the stuff that makes my socks go up and down, guys. I mean, yeah. this is the kind of stuff, getting kids involved at a level of conservation, at a level of leadership, at a level of speaking and uh, being an active part of our future, of our fisheries and, and wildlife and everything else. I mean, I, I, I didn't know anything like this existed before I met you. I mean, that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because this is just amazing. I mean, this is yep. just incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. And, you know, the other cool thing about it is, like I was saying before, is, you know, it's all volunteering. Right. So we have people from all kinds of different state agencies that come and are instructors. Um, a lot of them are members of each of the camp committees. Um, we've got people from Fish and Wildlife Service, USGS, NRCS, TCQ, AgriLife, Parks and Wildlife, um, and a bunch of different others, you know, agencies. And then there's also a lot of private um business you know that come in you know with the hunting um the hunting camps and then like ours we have some guides come in have some industry professionals come in and uh 
um, speak to the kids. And um, so, you, you know, really gives the kids a, an idea of, you know, hey, maybe they come in thinking they wanted to be a game warden or maybe they're not going to be a, a biologist or a game warden or whatever. You know, we need we need people in all walks of life yes. to understand the conservation message. And that's what this program is all about, you know. Um, well, the more and, people uh, understand, the better the world's going to be. Well, so. yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, I've said this on the show a bunch of times, so people like Orlando that listen every show uh, will be tired of hearing it, but I saw on a bumper sticker one time, kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal. And, um, you know, that, that, this is, this is growing our leadership in the future of, you know, the aspects of getting people involved at a, at a, at a root level, you know, where it's in their soul, that it's not just because it's a good idea. Cause this guy said it was, it's because they believe that, yep. you know, and there's a difference in that and just saying that because dad said that or said that cause grandpa said that, or the state biologist said that it's because you are experiencing it at a root level. So, I mean, getting involved in stuff like this, I mean, can a person volunteer for something like this? Absolutely. Okay. And that's one of the things I was going to mention, you know, we, uh, we just had our application deadline ended on March 15th, um, right after the fishing show, but, um, we're still taking applications, you know, for our wait list. And, uh, sometimes people have to drop out the last right. minute, but, you know, so we're still taking applications for kids to be cadets. But as far as the adults, we, that's probably one of the hardest things to get is for adults to volunteer to either come and be an adult leader, right. which is basically volunteering for five to six days, you know, of your time. Um, it's totally free if you're selected, covers all your room and lodging and food and everything. Um, but you would come basically, and, and the way the, the coveys or the herds or the schools are set up <laughs> is you'll have your cadets, your five to six cadets, and then you're going to have a cadet from the previous year's class or battalion um that earned their way back to camp to serve in a leadership role and they're <laughs> called an assistant leader and those those kids will actually um, receive college scholarship monies for doing wow. enough things to come back um, and some of, them are, you know, some of the camps you know give out some pretty good scholarship money um so each of the school's they're going to have their cadets, then their assistant leader, and then one adult volunteer paired with each of the groups. And so the, the assistant from the year before is really going to help, you know, the adult and the cadets kind of get through the week, you know, because you're not going to know what's coming every day. And they're going to be kind of your guiding light to get through the week, you know, because there's not a lot of sleep and we're, you know, we're constantly changing topics and this and that. And um, so it's cool having that um, person from the year before be there with you you know, has the experience and stuff. So that's, um, I mean, what a great idea too, uh, is just to have yeah. people that have served before come back yep. and serve in a leadership role or, or, or yep. been there before and come back in a leadership role. So you really have kind of a mixture of experience levels in there. Absolutely. So, I mean, and this is all about the outdoors. I mean, I, I just, I, I cannot think of anything cooler. I mean, this is just incredible. I mean, wow. Yeah. yeah and, um, you know, if you start early when you're 13, you can potentially go to, four four or five camps and be assistant leaders at multiple camps wow. um, and even after that we have what we call a special agent and so if they wanted to come back a third year they can apply for that doing the same thing doing these activities outside of camp in their communities and stuff to earn points to come back and the special agent role is basically a 
it's not a James Bond type role, but it's uh, <laughs> a double but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a role that actually helps the staff, you know, okay. they come and help, you know, you know, our instructors, um, and things like that. So it's kind of a different aspect. And then once they age out of the camps, you know, they can actually then apply to actually become a student worker during the summer for Texas brigades and get paid to That's go cool. to the different camps, you know, that's help really with cool. logistics and help the kids with their projects and, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, and, you know, the program keeps going. Um, after that, um, once the kids between 18 and 23, they can apply to our WILD program, which stands for Wildlife Intensive Leadership Development. And it's basically, a, you know, a, they meet every quarter, um, the group that's selected to go through this and, um, introduces natural resource policies and procedures, uh, hands-on field research, career building, and, and even some professional development to to help them grow, you know, into what they're wanting to do. So, and that's a really, you know, there's usually six to eight kids that go through that every year, and that's usually a, like an 18-month program. So, um, they get to go to commission meeting, present to the commissioners and, and, uh, do several field trips and, and, and things. So that's a real unique experience when they're, you know, up out of high school into the college years. Um, and then just last, last year and a half or so we've started doing, we've been looking at a way to reach kids that are younger, um, since they can't go to the camps. So we started doing these one day, Texas brigades experiences all around the state and we've done four or five last year. Um, I'm hoping that we can do another one here in Houston this year. Um, that's more fisheries related. Um, but they've done some on the dove, um, and, uh, different things like that. Um, but it's kind of a, a one day crash course on brigades. That's you know, cool. there's a little, a little bit of the team building and the public speaking thrown in there and the conservation message, of course, and, uh, and a lot of fun stuff to go, go with it as well. So, um, but you know, the, the main thing is, like you said, you had never heard of this program before and it's a very grassroots program and we're really trying to expand our reach and, um, let people know about it, you know, and, uh, we've been pretty lucky. We have a, a booth every year at, um, the Texas trophy hunters shows, um, especially the ones in San Antonio and Dallas. Sure. Um, we're usually at the Dallas Safari club convention. Cool. Um, we've been blessed to have a booth um, the last five years at the Houston fishing show. Thanks to the Martindales. And, um, so we're really, you know, and I can tell that we've grown our audience here in the Houston area just because, you know, I'm in the booth every day of that show and, and people actually coming and looking for us right. and uh, want to learn more about the program. And, uh, and we have cadets that come up there now. I was talking to somebody at the show a couple of weeks ago and, and one of our cadets from our very first um, battalion came walking by and I seen him and he ran up to me and he just looked at the people I was talking to and was just like, you know, this is the best camp I've ever been to. It changed my life. Uh, you know, you should really send your kids to this. And then, uh, and then he, he took off and I talked to him later, but I was like, man, I wish I would have had a camera and video, <laughs> video of that while you were doing this. testimonial right so, there. Pretty cool. So, but, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, the program's growing and, and um, just always trying to find more people. I'm really always pushing to get more people involved. Um, 
you know, one of the things that all the camps do is pretty much every night, kind of at the end of the day, we kind of have a our wind down session. We do a photo highlights of the day, and usually the student workers put together a funny video that they they make. Um, sometimes are uh, a little too funny, you know. But uh, you know, teenagers are kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, somebody usually ends up in the water or something at some point during the week. <laughs> we got so, a prank, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, so everybody, you know, it's kind of like I said, our wind down time. Then after that, we we have an invited speaker come and give a vespers talk, which is just a you know a short motivational, inspirational talk about their life or their careers or, you know, some life lessons they've learned. And uh, we've been really blessed to have some really great speakers come into Coastal Brigades. We've got some really good people lined up this year for some surprises. But, uh, you know, we've had Vance from Line Cutters. He came the first year and gave Love a great that guy. One. God. Um, Hunter Welch, real good friend of ours that owns Fish Sticks Rods. He's yep, came. I've talked to uh, him, too. You know, Chester's came a couple times, and, uh, um, you know, so people like that kind of come in and, and talk to the kids and um, um, give them some good thoughts and stuff, and uh, it's pretty cool, you know, getting to see some of these people. We had uh, Tom Rowland from Saltwater Experience over in Florida Keys last year. He, he Skyped in and did one with us, which the kids loved. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. You know, so I'm trying to, trying to branch out and, and, you know, get some people from different walks of life, you know, not all not all of them are fisheries related for coastal brigade. So, um, but, uh, it's just another cool aspect of the, the whole program. So, well, how many kids, I mean, overall in the Texas and coastal brigades and whatnot that are, um, that are involved every year. Do you, do you have a count? So of that we, or, we uh, have, um, two, we can take roughly 200 kids every year. Okay. Um, and then all the adult volunteers and the assistants that go along with it, um, so we, uh, like I said, the applications, you know, what, what happens is when you apply to the camp, you can rank what camps you want to go to. Okay. So you can rank, you know, if you wanted to go to Rolling Plains, Bob White Brigade is your first choice. You mark that as your first one. Then you can put Bass Brigade second, Coastal Brigade third. And what happens is when they, when they apply, the camps will get the applications for their first choice. And, um, if you're selected to go to that camp, then you'll get notified. And if not, you'll get sent to the next camp on your list. If that camp's already been filled. Right. And um, all the camps are uh, applications are scored. And so we really stress to the kids, put as much information down there as possible. Um, the applications are really easy. You know, it's basically just listing your school activities, extracurricular stuff, church, band, and 4-H, FFA sports, right. all that kind of stuff, you know, what, what you're involved in. And then there's usually two short essay questions that we ask the kids to write answers to. And one's, you know, they're usually like a, a leadership, you know, who's a leader in your life. And, uh, and then, um, you know, maybe a conservation topic that you want to talk about. And so once the kids are selected to go to the camps and they're notified, um, the tuition to come is, is only $500. Uh, that's what we we charge the cadets, and so that for basically all pays that, for all all your materials, man. all your lodging, all your food is covered in that. Wow, that's amazing. Now we we also offer financial uh, assistance to kids that um, you can apply when you fill out your application. You can apply for financial assistance, and so we have a lot of donors that um, 
you know, if a kid applies to camp and gets accepted, there's no way he's not coming or she, um, you know, we're going to make sure that they get there regardless if they can pay for it or not. So, right. um, those opportunities are there. And, um, and so, you know, there's no reason not to apply. That's really cool. I mean, everybody that, that wants to go, I mean, that's where can they learn more information about that? Yep. So all you have to do is go to texasbrigades.org. You know, you can find the applications online, info on all the camps, pictures. Um, you can check out the calendar um, and see what events we have coming up throughout the year. Um, resources for the cadets once they've been to camp. We, we update that where they can print stuff off to hand out to the public and things. And, uh, um, and we've also got a being a, a nonprofit organization and volunteer ran for the majority of it, you know, we're, we heavily rely on donations. Right. I was going to bring that uh, up too. People yeah. So that's a, uh, that option is on the website as well. Cool. You know, everything's tax deductible. Um, we just finished having our, uh, our big Texas brigades fundraiser over at the witty museum in San Antonio um, here a few weeks ago, which was a huge success. Um, and so we're, you know, we've been doing that. And then, um, we're also having one for coastal brigade specifically here. So I think I talked to you about it, yep. um, on May 11th down yep. here. I was going to ask you to talk about that too, so, because I yeah, have a flyer for so, that here. And I was going to mention that in future episodes of the podcast too. Yeah. So, so talk about, uh, talk about that real quick. So yes, yeah, so that's going to be, uh, we're going to do a, a big crawfish fundraiser. Um, and this is going to go just directly support the, the coastal brigades, program um it's gonna be saturday may 11th at walter hall park right over here in leak city so it's about a mile off i-45 real easy to get to um we're gonna have uh kevin black's gonna be coming playing some music that's clint's brother clint black's brother and um we're gonna have a live auction and um silent auction raffles we're gonna have some firearms we're gonna be giving away and uh, some games we're gonna be playing um so bring your a game for casting <laughs> and some other stuff it's gonna be fun so um you know one of my my best friends down here is uh, joe mohan who owns chicken boy lures and he's been a tremendous help with us and really been pushing us to kind of do something like this and um so with his help, you know, we put this together and hopefully we'll make it an annual event and uh, gotten a lot of interest so far, but we really want people to come out, tickets are going to be pretty reasonably priced, $50 a person to get in oh, and yeah. um, it'll be all you can, all you can eat crawfish and uh, um, we'll have free beer and drinks and, and stuff for the kids and everything. And then we're probably gonna have some barbecue on the side too, for people who don't want crawfish. So, um, oh, but we're offering crawfish. No, I'm I know, right? yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to no, just so, interject but, that point there, but no, yeah, I'm just kidding. So, no, it's but, cool. Yeah. If you want to buy a table, we're you know a table is only going to be for five hundred dollars for wow. eight people, and then you're also going to get about you're going to get at least two hundred dollars in raffle tickets with each table sold. Oh, so cool. that's split great. up amongst people. So it's going to be a fun night, man. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. So I'm um, excited about that, man. That's going to be a great yeah. fundraiser for you guys. So, so however I can spread the word, you know, I mean on that, let me know. I mean I can I can do a, a thing on our website too at fishgame.com and. Um, just to bring awareness to it, because I think that's some really, really cool stuff that y'all are up to. I mean, again, I'm glad I met you because I wanted to have somebody from Texas Parks and Wildlife on here eventually, but 
man, yeah. I mean, the heart that you and I both share with Chester and all the other guys that, that I interview on this show, I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, just our next generation about making sure our hunting and fishing heritage moves on past mm -hmm. our lifetimes, you know, and investing in that youth, you know, which I think is just so paramountly important if that's even a word uh but uh, of paramount importance is what i'm trying to say um yep. you know to to the future of our hunting and fishing heritage yeah absolutely and you know the it's really hard to explain you know what texas brigades is um to somebody without them coming and see it right but you know the, the main thing we tell people when i meet them you know in the texas brigades motto is tell me i forget show me i remember and involve me i understand yeah. and these kids get to do everything a biologist does a professional angler i mean they're they're going out on our parks and wildlife boats you know they're doing all these different things using the the techniques you know the gears that we use and seeing so they can understand it and then we have our big fishing side and that was the other thing i was going to mention is you know we do do a little fishing at coastal brigade and bass brigade um you know, while we're down there and, uh, at sea star base in Galveston, we have a big fishing tournament one night. Um, and then we also have a big fly fishing side of our camp as well. We have the Texas fly fishers, um, come in and, uh, have some other volunteers, um, from a couple of the local fly shops here in Houston come down, actually teach the kids how to tie, tie their own flies oh, That's cool. Um, and do some casting and stuff like that. And, and on the last day, we have a big fly tying competition, which is probably <laughs> one of their favorite things to do, which is so cool. You know, I didn't start fly fishing until I was in college. So, <laughs> Me uh, uh, but, uh, you know, and, and uh, so that's just one other thing, you know, and, and the thing that we, you know, me and my wife, Charis, you know, get so much back from this program. That's why I tell the adults when they want to volunteer, I was like, you're going to get, you're going to learn so much by going to this. You know, and we've gotten to work with so many of these kids after they've graduated and, and they're in college and stuff and helping them work on projects. I've taken quite a few of them out, you know, to work with me as volunteers so they can get some, some experience as well doing that. And uh, it's just kind of an ongoing cycle, and I can't wait for my kids to get old enough to go. That's fantastic. And I mean, you know, that's one reason everybody asks me, why are you involved in so much? And I'm like, man, it comes to a point where you've caught and killed and, and done everything in the outdoors that you've wanted to do. You want to give back. And I think yep. that's a paramount part of, of a fisherman's life cycle and a hunter's life cycle in, in the industry uh, that you go through these stages, if you will. A lot of people talk about the stages you go through. And that's just one of the stages I'm at in my life where I've done a lot of stuff in the outdoors for myself. I want to do it for other people now. And I yeah. want to give back, you know, because I've been very blessed to, you know, a wall full of fish and, and, and game and everything else that I've got on my on my uh, on my checklist. It's just about helping other people get get to that goal, too. Yep. So. Yep. And um, that's what we're all about. So my daughter is itching to get back in the turkey woods. Well, she just turned five last month and uh, get, took her on her first turkey hunt last year. And <clears throat> Finally, on the third day, we, we got a really nice tom, and I've never seen that girl so excited. You know, oh, she, caught her, she caught her first fish when she was two years old, man. It was almost a slot red, and uh, she's been hooked on the outdoors. And, oh, and hopefully, hopefully, it stays that way because I sure love taking her and my little boy out. So that's awesome, uh, Derek. How can people find you in social, or uh, how can people get in touch with you? 
Um, you can find me. Um, you can just look up my name on Facebook or check out Coastal Brigades. Um, just at Coastal Brigade um, on Facebook, and please go and like the Texas Brigades um, page as well sure. um, to help share share what we're doing. And um, you know, we're constantly putting stuff out there for the public to see. And uh, right. uh, we are actually um, just got our application in. We're going to be selecting our kids for camp this summer on Tuesday of next week. And be letting them know in first of April on who's coming. So can't oh. wait to meet our new battalion of cadets, and um, and hopefully you can get down there for a day this year. And check yeah, it out. I'm gonna try for sure. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So, I know it's the week after ICAST, so it's a busy time <laughs> of the year. But uh, I think ICAST is during camp. Me and over there, there, so I get back and have one day to get ready and yep. then camp starts. So yeah, it's pretty crazy schedule in the summer. But yeah, I've got uh, camp Agape is during ICAST this year, so I'm not gonna be able to make it to that. But Uh-oh. I can uh, yeah. I can try to make it down to your thing for sure. So that's cool. Yeah. I really appreciate the the thought cool, on man. that. So well, thanks so much for joining us, Derek. I appreciate your time today. All right, thanks, man. Thanks, Dustin. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Derek York. Find him on Facebook. He is very accessible, very easy to talk to, a fun guy to get to know. I uh, see him at, at ICAST. I see him at the uh, the Houston Fishing Show every year. I, I don't remember if I see him at the Houston Boat Show or not. But anyway, I just I see this guy all the time. And just he has a great love for life and love for conservation and love for guiding and just all the different things that texas outdoors encompasses i really really appreciate his duty in in serving and and it goes back to something that i've said before in this podcast and i haven't talked about this in a while so i hope you guys will forgive me there comes a point where you've caught and killed a lot of stuff where you've had a lot of those memories you've gotten those trophies you've gotten those big fish or those big bucks or those big exotics and and all these things in the record books and all these other things where it's time to give back. And that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about because a lot of people ask me. I'm involved in more stuff than most people know. Uh, Camp Agape Bereavement Camp for Children, Crosswater Outfitters, Fishing Ministry for International Students and Soldiers, um, uh, Lone Star Bowhunters uh, do their website, do their magazine uh, on their executive council. And uh, Hill Country Bow Hunters, which I do their um, their special events, and um, uh, I'm an officer there too. And uh, we just, like I said, had the fun shoot this past weekend. Um, man, I just the reason I'm involved in all these things, guys, is to give back because I've been so blessed not only by the outdoor industry but by God, uh, but by uh, by the universe or whatever you want to call that. Um, you know, I, I, I just believe that we are blessed to be a blessing. And I've talked about this on a lot of the Crosswater podcasts that I do. Um, th- there comes a point in your sportsman's career that you can go out and have a lot of fun for yourself. You can have a lot of fun with your family even. But there comes a point to give back. And I encourage you guys in supporting and donating to organizations like the Texas Brigades, Coastal Brigades, so on and so forth. All these different great nonprofits that are out there that are 501c3s. You can even write this off in your taxes. Donate a little bit of money to them, okay? Uh, Hunters for the Hungry is one that's been close to my heart. Uh, Hunters Harvest is another one. Uh, these are in the hunting realm. I mean, folks that, that, that need the meat, that need the fish in some cases that need the you know the harvest and stuff that to fill their freezers after you filled yours um you know so definitely take care of yourself and don't don't this is not a guilt trip or anything like that i'm just asking you or inviting you 
to consider the fact that it, it just comes a time it's okay to give back. It's okay to serve. It's okay to donate. It's okay to uh, go forth there because the, the gift that you get back from going forth and doing something like that, doing something powerfully to change the lives of somebody else for the better, powerfully to change the lives of somebody that is down on their luck, for instance, in the case of Hope for the Hungry, or uh, the case of Camp Agape, somebody that's lost a, a, a loved one. You know, I try to volunteer at camp every year. This year it's over ICAST, so I can't go, but I try to, I do their website and do a lot of other, their, their behind-the-scenes support stuff. It's those kind of things that really, really matter. Uh, they really mean something to the lives of other people. And, and P, here's a weird thing, guys. Legacies are left for the generations that are not even born yet. All right. Legacies are left for the generations that aren't even here yet. And the world is a better place because of you when you serve, when you give, when you love, because we're all created by love. And I don't mean to get off on the weeds here, but I'm just saying um, the outdoors is a place for you know, sharing that uh, outdoors is a great place for, um, giving, giving back. And I just encourage you in your sportsman's tradition, of course, catch, you know, a harvest, uh, do, do whatever you do in the outdoors, uh, whether that's hunting or hiking or camping or fishing or, uh, bow fishing or, uh, you know, 3d archery or whatever the case may be, do all those things and do them well, but also consider, giving back a little bit and, and being a blessing to other people in whatever capacity you can do that, whether that's monetarily, whether that's service and time, there's a lot of nonprofits that need good volunteers that are reliable and dependable. Uh, with the one thing we say at Crosswater Outfitters, we need reliable men with boats. We're always looking for reliable men with boats. Um, and, uh, you know, to take these guys fishing, take these soldiers that have served us, it's just about serving others. And, and there's a saying in sales that we talk about a lot since I sell, you know, part, part of what I do for a living is sell. It's hard to be nervous when your heart is on service. It's hard to be nervous when your heart is on service. And that's the way I have in my whole life and why I'm involved in all these things because I want to feel the, the happiness and the joy for me come from giving of myself, my time, my resources. And I think you'll find that too if you've not already found that in your life because I know a lot of you guys that are younger that listen to the podcast, a lot of people that are older uh, and that kind of have realized that. But I'm realizing the older I get, and I turned 40 years old this year in May, a couple of months, um, I, uh, I just... I'm just blessed to be a blessing, and you guys as listeners are my biggest blessing in the media world right now, because, um, you know, thank you for your feedback. Thank you for those of you, especially Orlando, that came by the, the Houston Fishing Show and told me how much you thought that the podcast means to you. Uh, that means the world to me, and um, I'm going to get off my soapbox here. I just really encourage you to look at organizations like Texas Brigade, see how you can plug in. Uh, look at uh, you know other nonprofit organizations that you can engage in and involve in, and that's how I got my start in this industry, guys. Is just giving, It's just go showing up and, and, and being of service. You can build a heck of a resume if you're looking to get a career in the outdoor industry at all, or be a pro staff or anything part time, uh, just by showing up and serving. So just some food for thought there. And also, I mean, it just there's there's such a great gift that is intangible, that is intrinsic for forgiving and um you know i just can't say that enough it means the world to me and you guys as listeners to this show mean the world to me please tell a friend please um 
subscribe. I uh, love to love to engage with you guys on a regular basis if you're not doing so already. And uh, just love you guys. Love you guys a long time. All right. Other thing to today is that we have the newsletter that comes out three times a week. Tuesdays, Tactical and Practical Tuesday. Wildlife Wednesday and the Thursday Texas State of the Outdoor Nation. Three newsletters plus a couple of email blasts that we have coming every couple of weeks uh, or every, every week in some cases. We have a couple of email blasts that come out from our sponsors that basically just talk about different products and services they offer um, and where you can engage on those. So join that list at fishgame.com. You can also check out a lot of my articles that I've written uh, for the website, fishgame.com. Do a lot of my writing there. You also can check out the digital magazine right now. And uh, you, the subscription to that's very inexpensive. You can get the print magazine and the digital magazine together for one low monthly price. And we sold a bunch of magazine subscriptions at the Houston Fishing Show. That was a blast. So I want to thank you guys all for coming by that listened to the show that went to the Houston Fishing Show and came by and met me and our, our owner, Artie and Eves and Roy Neves, our publisher, and um, Chester Moore and uh, Larry Dalton and the whole crew here from Texas Fishing Game that work here full time. Uh, we love you guys. We love you guys all. So thank you guys so much for watching, reading, and listening. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you next time.